Hi there, and welcome to the Chaos Podcast from the CAP team here at Maternal Infant Services Network. The focus of our podcast is cultivating health, acceptance, opportunity, and soul, which we've shortened to chaos. The podcast features our team of CAP community health educators and a variety of guest speakers. As a quick reminder, this is just an educational discussion as we are not medical professionals. Our podcast aims to empower youth personally and professionally by discussing the topics most affecting their lives. My name is Katie, and I will be your host today. Let's get into the episode. So would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Leslie Blash, um, and I am a community health promoter for Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. And currently, I cover Poughkeepsie, Kingston, and Newburgh. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. A good place to start would be, would you be able to share a little bit more about what a community health promoter does? Sure. So what I do is go into the community, engage with as many community members as possible, and really try to make sure that everyone has access to Planned Parenthood services, as well as any other services in the community that I know of. So if I meet someone in community that needs access to food, I try to be a link for them to find um, other food pantries or food services for them. Or, you know, that's just an example, but any kind of service that I'm aware of in the community, I like to be a bridge to help, you know, community members navigate their lives and make uh, have access to as many resources as possible. So my focus and the primary role that I serve is for Planned Parenthood and making sure community has access to reproductive health. But I also use my role to make sure that individuals have access to all the services available to them in the community. That is definitely such an important role because I know we come across so many people in the community who more often than not, need more than one thing. It might not mm-hmm. just be a clinical referral, but also they might need access to food, navigation with insurance or housing. So I think that's a really important role you're playing in the community, kind of making those connections for people. Exactly. Yeah. When you meet someone more times than not, they need, you know, like like you're saying, every individual has multiple things going on in their life. And so if I can meet someone who needs something with reproductive health, great. But then if you are telling me that you need help with something else, I'm not just going to ignore them and be like, oh, I can't help you. But if I have access to those resources and that information, then I'm more than happy to pass it along or to help you link into another service. Because like you said, we all have different areas of our, of our lives. And you know, when we need help in some areas, I want to be able to help them. That's great. I work for the Comprehensive Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Team here at Maternal Infant Services Network, and we primarily do health education for youth age 10 to 21. I know you're kind of working with a bit of an older age group. So what is that age group? Yes. So I personally work with adults, so 18 and above. Um, Planned Parenthood does also have CAP, and we do have educators that work with youth um, and young adults. But for me specifically, I work with people who are 18 and above. So those are my target populations. That's where I focus. I was wondering, since I feel like you're kind of picking up maybe where sometimes the CAP program kind of cuts off, Do you find that a lot of the people you're working with have had some kind of comprehensive sexual education in their youth, or are you often maybe starting from scratch when it comes to sexual education? 
Um, I would say that it's extremely varied, first dependent on how old the person is. So generationally, people had access to different levels of sexual education and then also where the person is from. If they've moved here from another state or another county or another area, you know, sex education is, is not standardized. And because of that, when you meet people as adults, everyone is in such a different place of what they've had access to. And as well as now you're dealing with adults, everyone has already had different experiences in their own sexuality. So everyone you meet is in such a different place um, that I think the best practice is just to start from the basics for everyone. So, you know, making sure that everyone has a good foundational base of facts and, and data backed information, um, I always feel is the safest practice to move forward when educating. I really like that. It's almost like you're kind of not assuming where anyone's at based Mm -hmm. on their age. You're kind of just like, here's a baseline and let's go from there. I think that's a a very important practice and definitely a practice we also use with youth. I mean, Mm -hmm. the first thing we say to youth when we're in a programming setting is we're not assuming anything we are just here to kind of give you the best information we can to help Mm -hmm. you make the best choices you can so I think that's an awesome practice that you're using with the community yeah and even and just to say like you know if you had sex education in high school 20 years ago things change so much in that time or and even you forget you know like you're going along maybe something that you learned in sex ed when you're 18 you didn't think about it but now it's relevant at 35 and you forgot the details so you know the medical technology changes so things change and then also we have memories that forget things so it's always good to get like a good foundational refresher why do you feel like it's important that that is kind of an ongoing education considering that you work with an older population Yeah, I think, you know, culture changes, uh, technology changes, um, you know, we as individuals change. And so it's always good to get new information. So even the conversation around consent from when I was in high school, middle school and having sex ed, that the conversation on consent was so black and white. And that was, you know, the education that we got at that time. And it wasn't you know, it was it was considered the correct information. But now we've progressed as a society where we know that consent conversations are so much more nuanced and there and there's been a greater expansion of what does consent mean um, in different situations. So that's just a natural progression of us as a society learning and growing. And that conversation has changed. So that's a perfect example of, you know, culture changes and we have to change along with that. Same with um, birth control. There's new methods of birth control. There's better practices for birth control. That changes. And then as an individual, our bodies change, our lives changes, our sexuality um, may change. And so things that we learned previously may not still be applicable now or you may have different needs, or you may have to talk to your child about sexual education and your information and what you need to know might be different from what you need personally. So say you have a child that is LGBTQ, you might need a different source of information that then that applies to yourself and your own sexual education. So it's always important to be able to learn more and to realize that sexual education is always changing and evolving and getting better with more information and data. 
I'm very passionate about sexual education because I think like we're talking about now, every single person needs this information. You know, like even if you are abstinent now or in the future, you know, like we're saying things change. And so it's always good to just have all of the information so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Or if you need to impart information to someone else, like a family member or your child, um, you have that information to have those conversations. And so I, it's one of those things that I'm very passionate about. Like, yes, abstinence is great. It works 100% of the time when you do it correctly, but you still want to have the information to make sure that if abstinence isn't right for you in this moment or another moment that you know what what is safe and what's best for you yes. so I love talking about sex then if you can't tell <laughs> no I couldn't agree more I feel so similarly and that's definitely the same approach we take with our youth that we just want you to have this best information now and use it whenever it's relevant to you or pass it along to someone when they might need it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of amazing that that's the same approach that you're taking with people like into adulthood, because this information is so important to anyone at any age. It's just the information does get more updated. So they have to keep refreshing and staying up to date with things so that you can be empowered by that knowledge. Exactly. And I think, you know, you just reminded me of something that's very important is, you know, we I think a lot of people, we all real think that, oh, maybe you stop having sex or sex changes as you get older. Um, and, you know, in the media, you don't really see older people having sex, but it's always a reminder. And like we we're saying, not to make assumptions that, you know, sexuality is a natural part of human life and as you change that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not having sex it just might mean that your sexual life is changing or looks different and I think that's a really important conversation to have with people who are older and making sure that they're being safe in a way that might not be as this actually brings up something else that I wasn't planning on talking about but I think it's so relevant So our team, sometimes when we do community tabling events where our target focus is reaching youth, we also have many community members who stop by our table who are adults and they kind of take a look at our table and maybe they see that we're giving out condom goodie bags, for example, and Mm -hmm. they kind of take a step back and they're like, oh, whoa. And it seems like sometimes sex, safer sex, condoms, everything that falls into that realm, it seems like it's a little bit harder for adults to even talk about than it is for young adults. Absolutely. You know, Planned Parenthood is a name and it, you know, people know what we stand for just on name base alone. And so when out in community tabling or introducing myself to community members, most often older adults will be like, oh, I don't need Planned Parenthood anymore. And then that's when I step in and say, actually, we provide breast exams. We do cancer screenings. We can do your general well checks. Like we are here for so much more than just your reproductive health, even though that's what we're mainly here for, you know, there's so many other aspects of your reproductive health than just um, sexual activity. And I think that's always a big reminder to um, older people that Planned Parenthood can serve a greater purpose than that. But even so, like you're saying with condoms, when we hand out condoms too, I often have people saying, oh, I don't need condoms anymore. Either A, I'm married or B, I'm past it. And I always say, you know, maybe if you don't need them, maybe a friend, a neighbor, a grandchild may need them. But Also, um, it's okay to still have condoms. You never know. Like, you know, you, I I sometimes feel that older people, 
especially people who are in committed relationships in general, feel like taking condoms or using condoms may symbolize infidelity, which is not the case at all. And so I feel like that is definitely a stigma that may need some breaking down. So I find that often a conversation I have with people about, you know, you can take condoms in a committed relationship and that has nothing to do with, you know, the fidelity of your relationship. Um, And like you said, also with taking condoms, there's, I've also seen a lot of older people say that um, I don't need them at this stage in my life, Um, which, you know, unless you are abstinent, you know, you may need to reevaluate that, that thinking of not needing condoms at your age, because, you know, most people think of them as just a way to prevent pregnancy. So, you know, it's, it is definitely a challenge to promote sexual education among the older population. It, it definitely is a challenge. Something you mentioned briefly at the beginning was that Planned Parenthood does provide a lot of other services that maybe aren't as publicized or talked about in the general population. And I think that I can also relate to that for Maternal Infant Services Network. We are both I would say public health organizations mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other public health services and sexual health is tied into that, but there's also insurance and, you know, making sure you have the right referrals. Like we spoke about at the beginning, like, do you need access to food? Do you need access to housing support and things like that? And there's a lot of other things that tie in with sexual health. Exactly. Yeah. So Planned Parenthood, as we're talking right now, does do a lot of education in the community and provides education to adults, to youth, and to service providers. Um, We also, like I said before, do cancer screenings. We do breast exams. We do STI treatment. We provide abortions. There's so many things that we do that's not necessarily uh, focused on sexual health. Even though we are a reproductive health organization, we do do things that are outside of that. Like we said, we do wellness care. And so needing Planned Parenthood. Um, unfortunately, because of, you know, the world we live in, a lot of uh, reproductive health issues are stigmatized or politicized, but at a foundation, Planned Parenthood provides health care. And so we are able to provide health care to community members in so many different ways, um, you know, and not just ways that some people feel is only related to reproductive care, we can do more than that. Or, and we do do more than that. So we may fit into your life in a way that you didn't even realize. Oh, I love that. We may fit into your life in ways that you didn't even realize. And then going back a little bit where we talked kind of about the ways that older people might think like, this isn't for me. You know, I see what is on your table right now and this doesn't look like it's for me. Given the age that you work with, how do you engage your target community most? I know for us, we try to have an active presence on social media platforms. So how do you go about reaching your community? Um, We really try to just be where our community is. So really just engaging with community members, talking with community members, being at events where they're going to be at, um, and and really focusing on where can I be that I can interact with the most people. And then when we speak to them individually, I really like to take the approach of every interaction I have with someone, I want it to be a personal interaction. I want to make sure that I'm making a connection and and meeting the needs and answering the questions of the people that I'm engaging with. So if someone, you know, didn't have a good experience at a health center, 
I want to be there to listen and see how I can make this better and, and get them in touch with someone who can maybe fix the problem or just be a listening ear for them to vent. And then I can pass that complaint along to hopefully get it resolved. If someone needs help with another situation, like I said, a, another part of their life, I want to say, oh, let me go into my toolkit. What resources do I know of in the community? How can I help you fix this problem? So like, like I was saying before, it might not be reproductive health in that moment, but I believe that just building a connection with community members, allowing them to get to know who you are and for them to know that you care about them as a human being and not just like a number or statistic, I find to be so important. And then you build those relationships. Um, so if someone needs condoms, they know to come to you or they know to tell your friend or, oh, hey, that's the condom lady or the girl from Planned Parenthood. Any of those things work for me, you know? And so I feel like that is the best way because there is such stigma when it comes to sexuality and reproductive health. I feel like really making personal connections um, and making a a um, making really good community connections is the best way to really get embedded in the community and help others. Yes, I think that's the basis of all public health work. And it also really elevates the voice of the community when you mm -hmm. kind of give someone the opportunity to voice their needs or whatever it may be, when you give someone that platform to speak on that, I think it empowers them as a community member to know that their voice is important and that there are organizations that want to meet their needs. Exactly. Yeah, it's, um, you know, like you said, I have a public health job and I'm in the community and exactly what you're saying is I want to make sure that everyone's voice in the community who we serve, that their voices are elevated and heard. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm a bridge to the community members and the organization Planned Parenthood of Greater New York that I represent. And speaking of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, I was wondering if you could do a little plug. How can community members reach you and your services and also Planned Parenthood? Sure. So me personally, you can reach me at leslie.blash at ppgreaterny.org. Um, and then you can just Google Planned Parenthood of Greater New York, and that'll take you to our website where you can find more information about all of our services. You can learn about how you can volunteer with our organization, and you're able to make an appointment through that website. Also, if you ever need to make an appointment in person, you can go to any of our locations um, in the Hudson Valley. You know, it's specific to our area. So we have locations in Goshen, Kingston, Poughkeepsie, and Newburgh. You can walk in and ask to make an appointment. And if they have availability that day, they can see you as a walk-in. If not, they'll reschedule you to make an appointment um, later on when they have availability. Thank you so much. And I will make sure to put all that information in the show notes for our listeners. Thank you Perfect. so much for joining us, Leslie. I feel like we had a great conversation on the importance of continuing sexual education throughout your life and also just the importance of public health work in our communities mm -hmm. for building stronger communities from within. Yes, thank you so much. And it's, you know, I, as someone who worked for Planned Parenthood and who was in the community a lot, it's great to talk to you because I see MISN at so many events. I see you guys all over the place. And so it's really great to get to know other community-based organizations that are passionate about making our communities healthier and stronger and better. So it's been a pleasure to talk to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of our Chaos Podcast. We release new episodes every other Friday. Until the next one, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at MISN underscore cap. See you next time.